All right. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, everyone. As usual, I'm very honored, humbled, and grateful that we have with us, of course, the one and only uh, Micah Dank. As you, some of you could probably tell whether you're watching or listening to this on the members' side or when this goes public uh, a week after we uh, put it up for the members. I, Dave, am a little bit under the weather as of the time we're recording this, so I'm going to let Micah take the floor for this one. So without further ado, Micah, how you doing, brother? And uh, the floor is yours. I'm great. Okay. So I do have to ask you a few questions though. Like I have to have you somewhat respond. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So off camera, I asked you if you believe in God, are you comfortable with replying? I said, uh, basically okay. to the audience, I said to Micah that as of right now, my perspective is that as um, God in terms of one individual being, if you will, not per se as an individual being or something like this. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, can you give me some of God's immutable characteristics that even the religious would agree on? What would they say God is? To be honest with you, I would even go as far as to take it that God is, again, I'm just speculating all of us per se, because if God is all knowing that, that, I mean, I, I could be very wrong, but that would allude to the whole, we all know everything by definition, because we are everything, if that makes sense. I, I don't know. That's just. It's okay. You're close. Well, would you say like omnipotence, omniscience, um, infinite, would those be characteristics that you could use to define God? I would say, uh, um, for lack of a better term, omnipresent and infinite, I, sure. Okay. All right. So, infinite, right? Okay. So, let's go ahead and show you my presentation. Guys, it helps if you watch this, okay, as opposed to just listening to me. What is God? Okay. Dave, I'm going to teach you what Buddha figured out. I'm going to teach you what all the monks know. I'm going to teach you what you know when you do DMT. I'm going to teach you. Um, I'm going to teach you the biggest secret, and then I'm going to teach you the meaning of life and the purpose of life. We're going to wrap it up with that. Okay. Now you have to understand is that some people are going to violently reject this. Okay, because when you realize this, it kind of uh, you go through the five stages of grief with religion. Okay, so there is a religious sect out there that's gonna say that i'm the antichrist that i'm the devil um that's just preconditioning on their own though um from 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 their their paradigm that has been set up to enslave them what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna teach you what god is okay this is what buddha figured out under the fig tree this is what jesus spoke about so i'm gonna start off by reading a passage from my first book into the rabbit hole beneath the veil Okay, forgive me with the plane. I live near an airport. I'm on Long Island. I live right near JFK. Um, all right, so this is my first book, Into the Rabbit Hole Beneath the Veil. I wrote this when I was 28, okay? This is 10 years ago. Scientists have determined through completion of the genome project that humans are roughly 99.7% identical DNA-wise. Two penguins are more genetically different than you and I are. Whomever finds this, I want you to try this experiment. Write your name down. Write your two parents' names down above yours. Now you have four grandparents, eight great-grandparents, and you go on. Let's go back 35 generations. It roughly takes you back to the year 840 AD. You will have 137 billion people. 
The number of ancestors list reminds me of the story of the servant summoned by the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh was pleased with how the servant was doing and wanted to reward him. Serving you is all I desire, the servant insisted. No, I insist you ask for something, anything you desire, Pharaoh said back. This went back and forth until Pharaoh got mad and threatened punishment. After thinking long and hard, the servant, seeing a chessboard in front of him, said, <clears throat> On day one, I want one piece of rice. On the second, I want two. Each day, you will double the previous days until this chessboard is complete. I will place a grain on each square representing each day completed. The first day, the pharaoh sent his finest servant and a parade with the golden pouch to deliver the grain. The amount grew exponentially, and halfway through the board, there was no more grain in the land. The pharaoh summoned the servant back in. Your highness, all I ever wanted to do was serve you, replied the servant. The servant, although now the wealthiest man in all the land, had retained his hubris. It was there that the pharaoh learned not to question humility or assume that giving material gifts as tokens of appreciation were all that mattered. As for the servant, he continued to work for the pharaoh. However, he had taken all the rice and continued to feed all the poor and homeless until the day of his death. The point of both of these stories is that it is simple math. In fact, it is how cells divide in your body and mass produce. We're talking about uh, exponentials, right? We're talking about um, we're talking about when you have a number and then you put a exclamation point after it. What that Ex uh, you could call them uh, integer state uh, integers, exponentials, even uh, fractals too. Possibly. Uh, yep, yep, exactly. But that's how it basically works. Okay. The reason I stopped this particular time frame, remember I said 840 AD was because it is roughly how many people it's been calculated that have ever particularly lived on earth. 140 billion people. That is, even if we take the Bible literally, we need still need to get to October 23rd, 4004, not my date, but the date agreed by a lot of Christians. We're in a bit of a pickle here. There needs to be a way to bridge the gap. And this is where the pedigree collapse comes in. It's a pedigree collapse theory. The concept states that there is no other explanation other than a whole lot of incest. Sometimes, like in the case of the Kentucky blue people, there are no branches on the family tree. Sometimes, like in the banking or royal families, it's to preserve money or special genetics. Based on our DNA, geneticists say the furthest point one can be on this planet from another is 50th cousins. So an aborigine in Australia and like Brad Pitt are 50th cousins at furthest, okay? Also, if your mom was from country X and your dad was from country X as well, there is a 20% chance they share a common ancestor within 10 generations back. So what does it all mean? Well, in a nutshell, it means far back enough we are all related and are all one and we should act like it. Let's explore different cognitive viewpoints. How about from a creationist then? Well, we all came from Adam and Eve, technically Eve from Adam's rib, and even more technically, Adam was made from the mud and the dirt from the world God created. How about from an evolutionist then? Okay, let's start with the Big Bang. Let alone the fact that all the material we came from, an infinitesimally dense singularity, and no one seems to want to explain where that singularity came from. But we'll let that slide. We were all one at one point. How about the idea of source energy then? Okay. If our souls are like crumbs of a cookie, the cookie being source, God, whatever you want to call it, then we are all connected multidimensionally. And upon death, it will be a vibrational change of frequency back to it. Let's try one last one. Aliens placing us here. You would still have to account for the first humans and how we all came about. You don't just magically have a species. Poof, we're here. Or do you? If so, who created the first test group of people? Secondly, what about the first spirit consciousness of DNA that evolved this level of higher thinking? There is a big difference between what I am writing, 
and a monkey who's fed up with people taking pictures of him and throwing his shit at them. Still, though, the point is that at some point, things had to come back to a singularity in the sense of one source of point. Humans are so quick to think of the end of the world, things ending, but what they can't do is think about the beginning or if there was something before a beginning. This was my first book 10 years ago, and it was so close to the ultimate truth, which we're going to share now. Okay, some people, it's not going to hit them. Some people are going to get angry. Some people are going to dismiss it. And some people, it's going to change your life. Okay, first, we need to define God. So the sun tells the hour of the day, bringing it back to my work. The moon tells the day of the month. The zodiac tells the month of the year where we're located in the middle of the we're not even in the middle. We're just in a random spot in the Milky Way galaxy, right? Where we're located in our field of view is a perfect clock. You can't escape it. You can't look outside the 12 zodiac signs. Okay, it's within our field of view. So to me, that's a fingerprint of God. That's, a, that's, that's an indirect proof, but we're going to continue. Aside from the fact that DNA is a computer blueprint for life and that we have a perfect calendar in the heavens, in the middle of nowhere in the Milky Way galaxy, there's a perfect calendar for us to figure out. These are fingerprints of God. So now we've defined God as existing, but where is God? Well, it must be beyond space and time, beyond the 11 dimensions of string theory. And even more so, okay, string theory is kind of like 20 years old, old news. Now everybody's talking about consciousness being relevant. Ask any religious person to define God and they will tell you that God is infinite. God is infinite. So how can something exist outside of infinity? It can't. The biggest lie we've been taught is that we are separate from God, that we should fear it, that we are separate from it. We are a part of it. Many of you have children. They're literally half your DNA, so they are a part of you. But you experience them subjectively outside your body. So is with God and us. A piece of God comes down in what we call consciousness into a body and we feel separate from it. We are all God experiencing itself subjectively. If you are infinite and everything, nothing can exist outside of you, not space or time. So what do you do if you're everything? What is the only answer? You trick yourself into thinking you're not God and experience yourself subjectively. We are a species with amnesia living in a simulation. Einstein said about God that he believes in the God of Spinoza. Baruch Spinoza was a thinker who said that God doesn't want you huddled in churches and temples in the cold, praying as loud as you can with others, praying the loudest. Jesus said that those who give publicity or pray the loudest, they have their reward. And what that basically means is for people who uh, pray the loudest or who give charity when other people are looking, the, the reaction from other people is what they is what they want. It's not pure intention. Okay. If you pray, pray by yourself. Spinoza's God wants you to go to the mountains and the lake and enjoy what I am created for you and worship that way. The biggest lie we have ever been collectively taught is that we need to fear and worship. Now, when we are a baby in our mother's womb, the mother being the supreme being is aware of the baby. However, the baby is not aware of the mother from its vantage point, as is us with God. We are each a piece of God unaware of the whole because we're in the middle of it. Alan Watts, get into Alan Watts, guys. Jesus Christ knew he was God. So wake up and find out eventually who you really are. In our culture, of course, they'll say you're crazy and you're blasphemous, and they'll either put you in jail or in the nut house, which is pretty much the same thing. However, if you wake up in India and you tell your friends and relations, my goodness, I've just discovered that I'm God, they'll laugh and say, oh, congratulations, at last you found out. This is Nargis Allegria. She's a thinker nowadays. To become absolute, you have to accept that you are God. 
that there is only God. You have to admit that others are gods too. But if your love does not stretch that far and you are blinded by your shadow, don't complain that liberation did not happen yet. Why should freedom reveal itself to someone who refuses to embody love? When you are ready to perceive God in everything, you have opened a gate, a gate that opens the possibility of being eaten raw by the absolute. P.S. Everything you hate is God because there is only God, because there is nothing outside the infinite. And anything you think should not be happening is God, because there is only God. Realize there only being God and it will prevail first in your experience, then in the collective. Isaiah 45, 7. I form the light and create the darkness. I make the peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. They're telling you in the Bible, okay? The good, the evil, nobody's ready to have that conversation, but the good and the evil, everything is God. Everything in existence is a part of God. The good, the bad, all of it. Religious people can't admit they are God, only Jesus and God are God. But how can something exist outside the infinite? So string theory used to be the most cutting edge quantum physics and it talks of 11 dimensions to make it work. Now, the most cutting edge quantum physics states that the universe is conscious. Welcome to the fucking party. Incidentally, Hermes talks about string theory 6,000 years ago. The third hermetic principle is the principle of vibration. Nothing rests, everything vibrates. You are God experiencing itself subjectively through amnesia. The book of Thomas saying 77, split a piece of wood and I am there. Raise up a stone and you will find me. God is everything, the wood, the stone. This actually now makes sense. Quran 532, that is why we decreed for the children of Israel that whoever kills a soul without it being guilty of manslaughter or corruption on the earth is as though he has killed all mankind. And whoever saves a life, it is as though he has saved all mankind. We are all one. We are all God. This makes sense now too. Matthew 2540, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. We are all one. And this makes sense now. We are all God. Therefore, we are all infinite and we are eternal. This is just temporary. When you realize you are eternal and you are God, just as the enlightened have realized in the past, you get filled with love. You no longer fear death and you're driven to love one another. Not because fear or punishment like the religious. The biggest mystery of life is sitting in front of you in plain sight. The religious texts allude to it, but they never come out and say it. You also have to understand that when you come to this realization and you realize that you are part of God, that you are infinite, that you are eternal, that you are just experiencing one consciousness in a fractal of a human being, that feeling of love that you get is the exact same feeling that religious people get when they get saved, only they are ruled by fear. This is why it is so hard for them to let go of their holy books as literal text, which brings me to my next point. The Bible is made up of what is known as the nine sciences, okay? The nine holy sciences. Metaphysical, astrological, which I dive into all the time. Anatomical, okay? Anatomical, you're talking about the 12 disciples, the 12 cranial nerves, the 33 bones. Jesus is 33 when he dies, the 33 bones of the spine. It's alchemical too. I talk about Jesus wearing the white and the red. Okay, in alchemy, the white and the red, okay, is the marriage of the red king and the white queen. It's sulfur and mercury. Okay, it's a metaphor. It's, it's, it's bringing the two together. It's Baphomet is what it is. It's male and female bringing it together. Spiritual, esoteric, and mythology. The Bible is also etymology. Mount Sinai. Sinai is a combination of two Sumerian words. Sin means moon god, and Ai means mountain, so mountain of the moon god. I talk about Bethlehem too. Bethlehem is a combination of two Hebrew words, bet meaning house, 
and lechem meaning bread. Okay, the house of bread. Well, the house of bread is Virgo, the lady with the wheat stalk. The Bible is also numerology, you know, 3, 12, 33. We can go into those numbers. I've been studying astrotheology from the best in the world before I started doing it myself. I've been at it for 10 years. I'm nowhere near understanding the entire thing. Each one of these sciences requires that much work to fully understand the Bible. Okay, it's more information that you can learn in a lifetime, and it's meant to humble you. However, the Bible is at the same time, not literal, it's not historical, it's not reality, it's not original. We are all God interacting with itself. We are eternal and infinite and powerful. We use DMT and hallucinogenics to see other realms and connect with God. We meditate to lose the voice in our head so we can be one with the all. This is the secret of life. Now, the meaning of life, Dave, is to find your gift. And the purpose of life is to give it away. And that's what I have for you today, bud. I want to thank you for saying for, for this entire presentation, because not only could I not agree more, not only is that something that we discuss on our members side and our members calls quite often those like literally what you presented there in it, but you refined it very well. And, but one thing I want to add is that the way that you presented it, I don't think if anything, I don't think it goes, um, I don't get me wrong. I see your point with respect to when you say that it's, it could definitely, you know, upset people or things like this, particularly those right. that are not ready. But if anything, I think it may, should, I'm looking at a glass half full, add to their journey of trying to understand. You see what I'm saying? I mean, sure. Yes. Now, does it break down some, Absolutely. does it break down some, you know, belief systems or metaphorical belief pillars that certain individuals have? Sure. But dude, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, can't thank you enough right. because dude literally religious people dave religious people religious people are the first people to tell you god is infinite okay well right. what is infinity right well even see for example jesus saying that you know the spirit of god is within you he said he was preaching that right so i i don't particularly think that i don't mean to get into this but you know some people say jesus was one person some say that he was you know multiple different people interpreted and this and that but ultimately for me regardless of what it was I don't think that the message Jesus initially tried to convey, um, even in other religions too, uh, you know, Buddha and all of that, I don't think it was negative per se. I think for lack of a better explanation, if you will, I think insidious, envious individuals over time butchered it and then reshaped it yeah. so that we, we, we now have the system that we're in now. I could be wrong, but that's what, what I think we're seeing. And, and well, it's you, like my comment that you like so much from from john dominic croissant he says he says um what does he say he says it's not that the ancients told literal stories and we we're smart enough to take them symbolically now but that they told them symbolically and we are now dumb enough to take them literally and that's kind of the way it's taken it and not only that to your point too if you take for example for those that like more of the technical side on my end if you take plank times golden ratio as dan winter speaks on there of course you have not just the radii or radius of hydrogen the building block of or at least one of the key building blocks of what we live in but you also have the formation of a spiral now if we look at the formation of a spiral and we look at what's called fibonacci right and we look at what's called uh, um uh, what's called topology specifically in quantum physics there's that infinite the center point the, the the pure center point of that spiral is the source if you will of 
for lack of a better term, infinity, which many have described, whether you call it the Holy Spirit, whether you call it the super force, as Dr. Salvatore Paez does, whether you call it the, the vacuum, as, as Dr. Pudoff and Dr. Davis call it, I think we're speaking on the same underlying foundation, which is that ultimately, if one could, again, I've used this example before, like a purse, except reaching into a purse with infinite amount of space and infinite amount of anything you can literally imagine, because to your point, if we are a fractal of God and collectively we are God and we've been fractalized into a, for lack of a better term, situation, the idea is, okay, reaching into that purse, if we stick with that example, you are accessing another point of God, if you will. So, right. I mean, it right, would make, absolutely. right. And it would make perfect sense with respects to whether it's the Sumerians, the Mesopotamians, the Egyptians with alchemy. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you right now, to both yourself, Micah, and to, to, to my audience, both on the member side and publicly, um, I'm not saying uh, it is uh, the way, but Micah's presentation is definitely a way that I would certainly um, uh, uh, definitely consider and ponder much more than others. That's for sure. That's absolutely for sure. And I say right. this because... I've been told, I've yeah. been told with all my work that I take incredibly complex material and i break it down very simply and that's that's all i do you know of course there's a more complicated way to explain this of course right. you could go into any science any science is birthed from the mind of god right you know, with mathematics being the language of the universe right 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 exactly exactly this is this is i really appreciate this because of the fact that there are others that have been trying to convey it but you conveyed it in a way that at least as you were presenting, I saw it and I wanted to lay this out for the audience. I saw it in my mind, at least as a, um, well, you can call it a toroid field, but I, I imagine a toroid field with the spiral. I look at it from above in my head, but it's, it's infinite. It's like the, um, um, like the, the, the fractal, the, is fractal, what fractal, like the, uh, I think it's called, I don't know if it's called the, the Penrose stairs, but anyways, the point is, is that ultimately the, the stairs from inception, where the Pembroke going... stairs are the ones that you can continue walking up infinity, right? Right, right. You're you're walking up, but you're not increasing in height, but you can access an infinite amount of steps. It would be, I think, the same general idea, if you will. Right. But man, this was absolutely incredible. Seriously, this was really, really incredible. And I want to thank you for coming on and for, for being so patient, because I know this was many weeks in the making. And um, I think yeah. the day we're recording this, we got something... Uh, as well uh 48 hours from now but before i let you go um i do want to uh give you an opportunity to uh, lay out to my audience where and how you could be found your your books your material all of that yes so i started a youtube channel myself and i'm just trying to get people to just subscribe and go through my video i have it's micah dank truth bombs so look up micah dank truth bombs and um, I have some playlists that I made because I've got like 150 videos at this point. And some people are like, I'm not going to start at the beginning. So what I have is I have a playlist called Short Bombs where I drop like mind-blowing information in like three, four or five minute clips. So you can watch those. I also have all my astrotheology work and I have all my interviews. So I have three separate playlists. So you can go there. My book series is Into the Rabbit Hole uh, by Micah Dank. My my eighth book is coming out Christmas and then I have the ninth book and then that's going to be it um you know nine is a nice round number and uh it's a sacred number and um 
that's pretty much it. And I've just been doing like podcasts. So I'm on uh, Facebook at Micah Dank, Twitter at Real Mr. Dank, spell out Mr. And Instagram at Micah Dank. <clears throat> what you can do is you can reach out to me directly. And I, so many of you have already done this too. I mean, more so out of your followers and your supporters. I call my people that subscribe supporters because um, fan is short for fanatic. And I hope I don't have any of those. I hope nobody like treats me like misery and Stephen King. Um, so I have that. And um, yeah, no, just reach out to me. I sell signed copies of the books if you're interested. Um, I read you part of the first book. Um, these are, this is like the real Da Vinci Code, okay? With my astro theology completely entwined with it, the history of the Bible, everything, uh, the history of the Catholic Church. I go through everything. Um, I've predicted some things in my books too. Um, my fourth book that came out in that I wrote in 2017 was a story about um, a vaccine that makes people take their lives. So I wrote that in 2017 and uh, that's all I'm gonna say about it. And um, I also predict something was gonna happen to Salman Rushdie, the Georgia Guidestones. Um, there's just been, if you read the series, it's crazy the, the pyramids are an energy frequency. Um, I predicted that. Um, I know people have been talking about them forever, but um, I kind of wrote it down and it's in a story format. So they're fun reads and I'm trying to get it turned into a TV series right now, but we'll see. So that's basically it, my friend. That's incredible, brother. I want to thank you so very much as always. And on behalf of my audience, whether it's on the member side or publicly, thank you so very much. Sorry, everyone. I'm uh, I'm a little bit uh, under the weather, as many of you could probably tell. And um, truly, again, thank you. And we'll catch you next time, brother. Yeah, please come to my uh, YouTube channel and subscribe, guys. Check out the short bombs video. The three to five minutes where I explain complicated things. Awesome.